0: Welcome to episode 18 of the DJ Force X podcast. Uh, On this particular episode, I am extremely happy to present Cell Dweller. I've been a big fan of his for a long time and a lot of you who listen to my radio show uh, will be familiar with some of his music because I play it quite often. Um, My radio show, speaking of that, uh, airs on Tuesdays at 11pm UK time, uh, 6pm Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on TotalRock.com. And on Saturdays at 11 p.m. on TheMix.fm. That's T-H-E-M-I-X-X.fm. Again, 11 o'clock Eastern Time, 8 o'clock Pacific Time, and it's about 4 in the morning for you UK listeners. Um, But they're both available on the TuneIn radio app, so you can pick that up for your smartphone. It's a free app, uh, and you can pick up some great radio stations on there including the two i'm on um not much has been happening uh just been getting on with halloween which was a good laugh with the kids going trick-or-treating and everything um but yeah let's get on with the uh the interview uh like i said this is cell dweller and i hope you enjoy (laughs) everybody i'm very excited to introduce my guest on this episode of the dj force x podcast i have clayton also known as cell dweller welcome sir
1: i feel welcome thanks for having me
0: excellent how are you today
1: oh uh, good still alive
0: excellent excellent cool so um i first became aware of you um uh it's probably i think ago six seven years ago um you did a remix uh for the drum and bass outfit Pendulum. Yes, uh, for propane nightmares, uh, which was released via MySpace, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yeah, it it may have been. I I can't even remember, but yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, so yeah, I've like, basically from then on, I've always been aware of what you're doing. I've like downloaded your music and whatnot, purchased your music. So uh, this is really cool for me because I've been a big fan for a long time. So thank you, cool. appreciate it. So um the the cell dweller sound um, it covers a lot of the electronic um, genre, drum and bass house techno etc uh, You also bring in like huge soundscapes uh some rock elements along with like orchestral sounds and things when did you when, what's the best way of doing this why or?
1: why am i so schizophrenic is that the question?
0: <laughs> <laughs> maybe why so many <laughs> why so many like genres into one thing i mean it works don't get me wrong it works
1: well it, you know i mean, i know where you're kind of heading with this um and, and and um it's a simple answer for me it's it's just simply uh it, it all makes sense in my brain i don't i don't actually I, analyze my music is like oh i'm gonna put a piece of orchestral music and then i'm gonna put drum and bass mix that with a big guitar riff and then throw in a, a, a you know a house breakdown or something <laughs> i just I, i'm a fan of music i'm a fan of all, all kinds of music i have been for many you know my, my whole life i grew up music was the thing that touched me more than anything else yeah. so um when it came time to actually create music i mean i started as a metalhead i was a thrash kid listening to like slayer and you know bands like anthrax and metallica and you know whatever yeah um and so i was was a drummer and my sound was very much entrenched in that world but i quickly grew bored of guitar bass and drums and i'm like there's got to be more than more than this and discovered like electronic music discovered um I, I you know i discovered the the industrial scene at the time which was burgeoning it was you know front 242 and skinny puppy and uh frontline assembly ministry you, you know stuff that i was like wow awesome guys are creating Music that is just as powerful as metal, yeah. without really having a single guitar in it and i 'm like this is this is great so I started combining those worlds, and that really you know that opened the door to my mind that i didn 't have to just be a guitar bass and drum thing, you know, so I started programming and, and the beauty of that too was I could do it completely by myself i didn 't need to be in a band i didn 't have to you know, ask somebody's permission for hey, can, is this riff cool? Can we put this in the song? And here I was, the drummer. You're the last guy that anybody cares about. You're the guy who <laughs> just just sit back there and shut up and play a beat. And I have always been more inclined to want to create. So, you know, I'd be in these bands, and the guitar players would go out to smoke a cigarette or get a beer or whatever they were going to do, and I would pick up their instrument without having any idea what I was doing. And I basically started to teach myself how to play guitar. Okay. And so I started learning how to play many instruments. And when I discovered a sequencer. I was like, I'm done with the band thing. I'm doing this by myself because I know I'm going to push myself harder than anybody's going to push me and I get to do whatever I want. So I did. And, you know, m- anything I listened to, anything that had influenced me stylistically, it never it never didn't make sense to me. I mean, I, I've I've heard for decades now people kind of being like, well, how do you blend all these styles? And it's like, I, I don't know. I, I, it, it's not weird to me. To me, it, this is completely normal. It was... It was more me figuring out how do I blend all this stuff and not make it sound like a complete mess. Yeah. So, you know, and unfortunately for me, I've put out albums that I look back on now and go, wow, that was a complete mess. And now the whole world has it and, uh, and and they can listen to it. In fact, I bought my first five albums back only a few months ago. I finally bought them back and I'll be re-releasing all my early Circle of Dust uh, oh, nice. albums next year. So the origins of where I came from, people will actually get to hear that entirely remastered and everything else next year. But like, this has been years of me just, just taking what my influences are, whatever I'm influenced uh, by at that moment, coupled with things that have influenced me since my childhood. And there's no reason and there's no way in my mind that they don't make sense together. It's just, it's a puzzle and I just need to put it together so that it makes sense. And, and thankfully there are people who uh, are cool with listening to my puzzles.
0: Nice. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely, it definitely does work. Uh, It's just, like I said it's a lot of like influences to bring so what 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 are your main inspirations if you have any uh, musically yeah musically yeah sorry
1: i it, it's very it's very hard for me to ever answer <laughs> that question it's like what's your favorite movie or what's your favorite band it's like yeah. uh, how do you pick one it's just it's 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 stylistic you know it's like i remember as a kid you know my grandfather had uh, what he called a music room and it was it was three out of the four walls were vinyl from floor to ceiling. And I I would go there. He lived very close. I spent a lot of time there. And he'd sit me in the chair and throw headphones on my head and play. He'd play classical music. He'd play early disco, um, rock and progressive synthesizer music and a a little little bit of everything, like a lot of the stuff he liked. Mm. So I ingested music at that age. And I remember as a kid, for the first time ever hearing Mr. Roboto by Styx. And there's this robot voice in the track and it mesmerized me i'm like i don't know what that is but i love it and later in life i would find out that that was a vocoder so yeah you know it's more about like those stylistic memories that i have and then in my 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 teen years early teen years you know it's like i was like i I was a full-fledged metalhead and then from there moved on to like new wave after new wave had already come and gone i went back and was like i love this sound I just wasn't talented enough to make it. I don't know. I don't know why it just didn't click with me, but I, I, you know, I'd be go back and listen to the Smiths and the cure and Depeche mode. And like, that was all I listened to. I didn't listen to any more metal and pretty much haven't really listened to much rock or metal since. Um, but, but, uh, you know, there's no, I, I, I don't attribute if cell dweller has a sound. I don't know what it is. I, it just comes out of me. And, and, mm. and as far as I'm concerned, it just, it's just who I am and what you're hearing. If there's a sound you can identify, well, Maybe somebody could tell me what it is because I don't really know. I just do what I do, and when a song is done, and I go, "Okay, this is cool," I'll release this. Then, then that's done, and I'm on to the next thing. So, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I can't really attribute it to any specific band or any specific album. It is an amalgamation of, you know, decades of ingesting music yeah. and basically just throwing it in the melting pot and spitting it back out. I guess. Well,
0: oh, that's really cool. The 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 bit you made, um, the comment about Mister Roboto, kind of, I had the same sort of. Um... It was another track, but it had the same kind of effect on me. It was the Herbie Hancock rocket track. Yeah, right. It was that scratch right. sound. Yep. And I was like, I was when I remember as a kid listening to it, and I was like, what's making that noise? Right. You know, what's that? And I found out it was a guy, two turntables, and a record. And I was like,
1: that's what like, I want y- that y- <laughs> yeah, that's what I do. And It's like it blows your mind. Like I didn't yeah. even know this was possible. You know?
0: Yeah. It's just the the, the way was. I was so used to hearing guitar music. I was so used to hearing you know all that that comes with it my dad was a guitarist and um that's where my sort of musical sort of seed was laid but um hearing that hearing that different sound over over that you know and and yeah it just it grabs you and that's the bit that's the i mean like like with you it got you into finding out what that noise was it was a vocoder and you know it it spurred part of your inspiration absolutely um, did yeah like I say just I was just sort of relating and and yeah, and it's just that same the same effect happened to me with that particular track, so that's really cool um so yeah, listeners to my radio show um away from this show I, like i said um I've got a radio show that that plays out mainly um sort of electro rock music, okay uh, I play a lot of your stuff I uh, have done since the well even before my radio show i played i used to d j club nights in the u k like rock nights, and um I used to drop some of your tracks remixes, mashups, things like that there. Sweet. Thank um, you. So, yeah, I've, like I said, I've been I've been a fan for a long time on that front. Um but yeah, like listeners my show will be familiar hearing you um tracks um more recently tracks like Heart on and Elysium um which are from your new album End of an Empire. Yep. Um just before we get into uh the details about that, how, how many albums do you have now? Um how long have you been going? Uh, yeah like while, I I don't,
1: so. I don't actually know there's probably sites there's probably websites that can tell you how many albums I have but I, I don't <laughs> I don't know I mean really if, 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 as far as I as far as I know yeah. uh I have three main vocal albums where I'm going, this is my artist statement, which are my debut self-titled album, Wish Upon a Black Star, and now End of an Empire. Mm -hmm. But I have a lot more content. I do a lot of instrumental stuff that that is specifically written for like film, TV, and video games. It's it's all over online and used by a lot of gamers, and we're seeing it cropping up in in actually gaming tournaments and everything else. Um, So I have lots of albums of that kind of stuff. Um, I have uh, an instrumental album, series called Transmissions, which are basically, they're musical studies with a lot of my hardware, my my modular synthesizers, and uh, a lot of analog gear, and it's really me just making things that I think sound cool. They're not really traditional Cell Dweller tracks, and I basically um, finish them top to bottom, almost all just analog, little processing in the box, and release them as transmissions. So I, I as far as albums and singles, I, I don't even know, but I mean, I'm sure that I have released um, hundreds of of tracks under just cell dweller that doesn 't include the probably one hundred hundred and fifty that I did before that yeah. before for more than that it 's probably a few hundred um, i I did a few albums uh, with Chris angel oh, oh, for years before we parted ways and he went and did his thing in Las Vegas, and I, I formed Cell Dweller at that point. So yeah. I, have, I have done – I've made a lot of music in my career. Um, I just <laughs> – I very rarely sit around and think about it. I'm always on to the next thing, so I, I can't remember exactly how much I've done. But yeah. it's, it's a lot. It's
0: a lot. No, it so kind of reminds me like some of – because I looked at some of the releases you had like coming out. I didn't count them up. That's why I asked how many you had. But um, it kind of reminds me of um, Aphex Twin in, when he used to release a couple of albums, and he released like Analog Bubble Bath. Right Volume Love one, that. two, three, and things like that. Yeah. um yeah. just the way that you've released stuff like um I was also speaking to Brett blue starley um, mm-hmm. a few weeks ago as well, and he he has the same kind of um release um I can't remember what they're called though anti sleep that's it anti sleep you know those in between just bits that the process you just want to get out and 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 have them out for people to use for various like media formats and things so how how did that come because you run your own label right you have fixed is yours. Correct. Yeah. So how, how did that come about? Why did you want to set up your own label? I mean, you, you seem to have a lot of, um, like you say, your, your music used in a lot of like like video game trailers, things like that. How, how did that come about?
1: Well, those are two two different questions, but I'll start with the fixed oh, <laughs> question as far as the label. Um, Why did I want to start my own label? I, I didn't. I didn't. I okay. was just tired of getting bent over the couch on deals. I've signed so many bad record deals. Um, we, it would take me two hours to tell you the stories of the bad deals that I signed. In fact, me buying my master's back that I was referring to, which circle of dust was my first project ever. Yeah. And I bought these masters back and I signed a horrible deal was, was trapped in a uh, lawsuit when the label went belly up. They basically were like, you can't go anywhere else, but we can't. We can't afford to have you do any more albums. So I was, a, I was, an, I was deadlocked. I couldn't do anything. Yeah. The fact that I'm still alive and survive through that is, is a borderline miracle itself. So um, bad deal after bad deal, getting screwed, um, You know, not really knowing what I was doing. I finally got to a point where I started doing things myself. I started figuring out how do I make merchandise myself? How do I record myself? I do, I do all this kind of stuff. And over time, it started to make sense to me that like, okay, I built all of these things to – uh, protect myself from signing bad deals because I basically created my own infrastructure and now I don't need anybody else. So, um, that's when it started making sense. Like, wh- I'm doing all this for me and I built a small team around me at that point. It was a very small team. I might've had one employee. James Rhodes was my first employee. He was probably the first, you know, he was the first full-time employee I ever had. Yeah. Um, and he worked free for like two or three years just because he was, uh, you know, he came to me, he, he wanted to do this. So really, the inception of fixed as a label was based around the fact that I was an artist had signed a lot of terrible deals. And I knew some other artists that didn't know what to do with, they could create the music, but they didn't know what to do beyond that. Namely my brother who is very talented level, um, very talented, wrote great stuff, but he could, he could finish an album, but he didn't know what to do with it. I'm Mm -hmm. like, you know what? I'm doing all this for me as cell dweller. Why don't I bring him on and, put him through the same channels. I'm opening these doors for Dweller. I can then just put him through the same channels. Yeah. And really he 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 didn't end up producing any more music beyond that at that point, but we started looking at okay, let's start signing some other bands and and, and simultaneously as artists started signing to the label, the company started growing and expansion into like merchandising and uh um public relations, doing PR directly. And there, there were many other things that, that have grown. And, and, and you know, the flagship artist that came out of that was Blue Stolly. It was Brett. I mean, he was a kid who was working a full-time job. I almost accidentally heard a demo from somebody, and I said, who is this? And that led to a series of, like, conversations where he was like, I'd love to come out and be your assistant in the studio. And I was like, ah, I don't know. I don't need an assistant. <laughs> but I finally reluctantly was like, all right, come out. Let's talk. And then uh, he ended up leaving his family and friends in Arizona and just heading to the Midwest where he didn't know anybody to be my assistant. And very quickly, I realized this kid's too talented to be somebody's assistant. I'm going to teach him production, and I'm going to basically oversee what he does. And here we are six or seven years later, and he, he – I mean he's hes incredible. He's amazing. Yeah. So <laughs> he's done some great things. So the paradigm for Fixed was to have artists follow – in my footsteps in the sense that I've opened up these doors for myself. I've created the, the the I've created the protocol and the structure to support an artist career. And then the rest is up to you. You've got to make good art. You've got to make good music and we can kind of get it distributed. And and um you know it's it was inadvertent. It wasn't like something I just said, "I'm going to start a label and make a lot of money" because this isn't really about money. This is for me is about giving people fair deals which I never got. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we are, as far as a label goes, um, man, we've talked to some artists and some of the deals they're signing really kind of like, I have to scrape my jaw off the floor to think that there are artists in today's day and age that are still signing deals as bad as those. So we are very fair and we're very selective and we want to sign artists that are in the world uh, that we know and feel like, um we can take that to the next level. And I mean, we're courting, we're, we're courting probably six to eight artists right now. We're just kind of like seeing who's going to end up, uh, panning out as far as this, the, the style. And, you know, the, you have many conversations, but to get one to completion, you know, takes a while to get there. So
0: yeah.
1: we'll see how that works out, but the label is growing. Um, and, and all in all, you know, really by, by getting a lot of bad deals and being in a lot of situations that really would have sunk a lot of artists, including me. If I was, if I was smart, I would have quit, but I didn't, I, I was way too dumb. <laughs> so I kept going and then ended up creating a structure, a basically little cottage industry around me to support my own career. And then that ended up becoming fixed, which ends up now supporting the, the careers of other artists as well.
0: No, that's really cool. Cause I, I also spoke to um, one of your other artists as well, Richie Nix. Correct. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he, he, yeah, again, his albums really good. Really like that, that, that rock rap crossover and electronic yeah. crossover yep. um it's a really awesome sound and to mention blue starly his new album is well, the devil another it's a great album um again these these artists that i've been playing regularly on my show and it's um it's it's great to hear that sound come out because it wasn't as um like um it was quite hard to find artists yeah that had that sound unless i went back and went for the sort of industrial um, side of things. Um, obviously, in the UK, we had bands like Pitch Shifter. Um, yeah, yeah, I was
1: a big Pitch Shifter fan for sure. Yeah. yeah,
0: and a lot of the sort of like alternative dance, like the Prodigy, Chemical Brothers, things like that. Mm-hmm. We had those, but it wasn't like um, it wasn't a sound. I I th- I thought I think it still is a sound that can really grow in in the sort of mainstream area of the sort of alternative, you know, scene.
1: Yeah, I think it um, will. I mean, it, it, by, by default, the technology is finally going to permeates so much of our culture, which it already has, that it's not going to be weird to hear these sounds mixed together. I mean, it just – for a long time, it was – like you said, it was completely niche. You had to dig to find – I couldn't find anybody else that was doing what I was doing. I didn't really care because yeah, um, yeah. I was just doing what I wanted to do. I wasn't really trying to define a genre by any means. Mm-hmm. But you know, like you brought up Pendulum and these guys. You know, I was like listening to the, the, their first album, Bring Your Color. Mm-hmm. I was really. I thought I was like, wow, this is a good drum and bass record. And then one day, I get hit up randomly. Hey, we're we're fans. Like, would you be interested in doing a remix? And here's Pendulum hitting me up to do a remix. Yeah. So the first time I met Rob and Gareth with like in Detroit, the first words out of their mouth was like, I, I you know, I. Said what's up, and Rob was like, "Hey, so are you are you Circle of Dust?" And like, I I I I didn't even know what to say because I'm like, "How (laughs) do you even know what that is?" Um, which is my my first project I was discussing, which I'll be re releasing next year, all the albums. But but he brings this up, and he's like, "Yeah, Gareth and I used to listen to you in high school, man. We 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 love that stuff." And I, I I was I was amazed. But it's because there's not there's not a lot of music like that. You've got to dig to find the few bands like pitch shifter was one of those bands that were mixing guitars and like electronics. And then prong, I, you know, I've worked with Tommy from prong and he was one of the guys that was trying to do that. Um, got to a point and then he kind of went back to just doing straight up rock and roll. But you know, like there weren't many artists that were really pulling that off. So I think we're going to see a lot more of that. And I'll tell you for a fact that we are going to be directly involved in bringing that to the people that want it. I mean, we've already signed, I will never be the same. We've got Mm Voiceans um, seamless you know richie like you mentioned um and there's a few other things a few other artists we are we are discussing right now as far as signing which is really going to expand the sound of fixed and really put us on the map as far as like this label gets this sound and if that's what you want this is where to get it awesome
0: that sounds good to me because i'm always looking for new music especially in that that genre because like i say my radio show specializes in that um and like i'm now finding a lot of bands coming out now that have that sound um with them bands like um palisades uh the browning um exotype bands like that that just fuse that that electronic sound with their with like hardcore you know sludge metal or whatever you know yeah and it is that real sort of marriage of sounds that um i've always liked it's always been something that has has been close to me. I've even tried to make it at one point with my band. um We kind of melded a few electronic bits here and there, but we end up just being sort of a bit more more like metal than than the electronic sound. Kind yeah, it's, of thing, it's so. not
1: it's not easy, and that's why I think a lot of people have shied away from it because it's this is not you don't you don't uh, you know not to insult the genre, but this is not EDM. You don't pull up a preset template, drop a few sounds in, and boom, you've got a track. It's exactly. it's not it's it, you know, and I, I, like I said. I never even viewed it that way. I, for me, I was just making music. I, in fact, I was making music that I really didn't think anybody cared about or listened to. I wasn't making it for anybody else. I was making it for me. Mm. Um, it's kind of a challenge. So, so it, you know, you find that as technology advances, things are getting a little, little easier. But there is still a little bit of a curve towards doing this. The thing is, you're just getting young producers getting in the game who are as dumb as I was when I started, and, and I mean that as a compliment. They, they, they're not they they're not looking at it going oh well you're not supposed to mix these styles or no it's too difficult to mix these styles they're just going i like this sound and i like this sound let's just put them together so they are they have that sense of oblivion that i had where you just you just do it yeah you know if you want to do it and you may may you may end up making some bad music there's no question about it but that doesn't stop you from trying and continuing and you will absolutely learn and grow and develop your own sound
0: yeah no definitely definitely I'm looking forward to hearing more. So <laughs> It's always good. Um, so yeah, um, get to your re- your new release, End of an Empire, um, which is out on... Is it November 6th. November 6th, that was it. Um, so yeah, it's out on November 6th. Um, it's basically a combination you were doing. Um, you've done four releases prior to this, kind of EP style, where it was a couple of original tracks and uh, remixes. Is that right? You had four chapters...
1: Yeah, Mm -hmm. the chapters are actually the songs from the album. So instead of releasing – instead of making people wait two years or three years to finish an album, I finish two songs at a time Mm -hmm. and release them in that order. And then at at the end of the process, I release them in chapters and usually there's a lot of bonus content. My previous album, Wish Upon a Black Star, had a lot of different type of bonus content. This album, the bonus content was – remixes. I went to some guys I liked and like, Hey, you guys want to do some remixes and get their take on it. Um, and so really with a chapter, which is really based around two songs, you were still oftentimes getting over an hour of music. So, um, what, what the final album is now is more songs that no one's ever heard. Plus the four chapters, which are, if you get the deluxe version of the album, which is coming up, it's five CDs worth of content. You've got remixes, instrumentals. I've also done these things called factions, which are, derivative versions of the original songs. They're not remixes. They're completely re-recorded versions. They're usually manipulated so much that you can't even really tell what the origin of the track is, but they're instrumental and they're meant more to be like my instrumental stuff that's used for film and television. It's very cinematic sounding. And I, and, and I went back to kind of like the noisy kind of industrial vibe on those things, specifically because this album revolves around a post-apocalyptic wasteland mm-hmm. in the future. So sonically, I felt like that's, that's kind of where this belonged. So there are really – although I'm talking about this being my new album, from me alone, you're really getting two full albums because the factions alone as a separate album are 15 tracks – you know, they're thirty-five minutes worth of music just for factions, yeah. n- let alone you know six over sixty minutes of music on the main album, plus the remixes and instrumentals and everything else.
0: That's really cool because I, I noticed that looking at your store and with your other art store, you you do release the instrumentals, um, yeah. as as a separate album, which which is really cool because not. Well, do, do you know why? I don't know. I was about to ask why. Um, I'll, I'll, I mean- I'll
1: tell you exactly why. Because uh, early on when I was broke and I released my first album, which was the self-titled Cell Dweller album, uh, I had burned out a couple of copies of the instrumentals to go to like people in the film TV industry to use for trailers. Mm. And one day my manager at the time calls me and he's like, um... I just found a burn CD of the instrumentals uh, on eBay that eBay that just sold for over 300 bucks. <laughs> He's like maybe we should just release these because uh, clearly people want them. Yeah. So I never really thought that anybody would care about instrumentals, but that started becoming right from the beginning part of the protocol. It's like okay, we release the instrumentals because now more than ever, I think people people love the lyrics, but there are definitely people who want to just like throw this on while they're gaming and they don't want the vocals kind of distract them or who knows what, maybe they want to do karaoke. It doesn't matter to me. I put a lot of effort into sound design and mixing. And a lot of times that gets covered up by vocals anyway. So I'm glad there are people who are hearing some of the hard work I'm doing that's kind of under the vocals that you don't get to hear otherwise.
0: Uh, That's really cool. That's actually, that's really cool. I didn't realize that was the reason I thought it was purely for like the gaming, you know, TV, movie industry type thing just so you have them out there but i didn't realize because one went for like three hundred dollars that yeah it wasn't
1: (laughs) wasn't the money it was just it was more about the demand it was like well people want this and if they want this i I mean i don't have a problem with them having i mean my in my opinion i'll put it out and if nobody buys it nobody buys it i don't care i mean whatever yeah so i'll put it out there and if you want it get it if you don't don't
0: yeah because i remember the the old days of when singles were released like properly um they used to slap the instrumental on there and sometimes the acapella as well right especially right, on yeah. vinyl I, yep, was, I
1: bought a lot of old cd singles that had that yeah yeah
0: so no that's really cool so um you briefly uh touched on the story behind end of an empire when you were talking about it just then what what is the you said it was set in a, a post um was it post-apocalyptic yeah post-apocalyptic po- uh, it so rough. what's the what's the what's the if you don't mind you can do it briefly but the, the story behind it
1: well, I, I actually will save the story because you can read it for yourself. There's a 40-page comic book that is going to be telling a more expanded story that comes out with End of an Empire. Okay. So the, this is all the artwork that you're seeing on the CDs. This is from my, my artist in Ukraine. She's amazing. And uh, for months now, I've had her working on uh, a comic book. Like, you know, the story is conceived. There are characters on every single chapter. So when you... Looked at the album art for each chapter as it released was released over the last year. every chapter had imagery of a character like some kind of alien or a, a, some kind of cyborg a robotic kind of creature um and 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 these now all collide in this story that's coming up uh which will be available in a few weeks
0: okay cool that sounds really cool. I do enjoy good comic books so yeah i'll um <laughs> I'll keep an eye on for that one. Great. Um, so do you plan to tour this album, either as a sort of live band or DJ sort of tour with it?
1: Well, it's, it's no secret to anybody who has followed me for any any length of time that I, I really hate touring okay. uh, passionately. Um, I really like being in my studio and producing. So I always say that, yeah, I, I don't really, like if I never had to tour again, I'd be a really happy guy. <laughs> but I, I, by the same token, there's a lot of people who really want to see a cell dweller live show. So I'm kind of, I'm in the middle of scoring uh, a video game, which is killer instinct season three uh, from Microsoft right now. And I'm also about to kick in with a full uh, score of uh, a movie. I'm scoring a movie called the dunes. So I'm going to be tied up on other projects until, you know, probably mid next year. And at that point, I'm going to decide whether or not I'm going to put together a live show. Um, And if I do, it's going to be a very limited run. I'm only going to probably tour for a a block of maybe a few months and, Mm -hmm. Wherever I get booked is where I'll play, and after that I am done. Okay. So, uh, I mean, again, I'm not making any promises, but that's probably the most uh, positively I've talked about the possibility of touring <laughs> in the last five years. So you get the exclusive on the possibility of a tour. Awesome. Everybody else good. has got a straight-out no. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough.
0: Um, so um, are there any artists you'd love to collaborate with that you haven't already? Because I know you do a lot of in-house collaborations with Brett um, things like that. Um, is there anyone out there that you'd love to work with?
1: Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure there's a list a half a mile long. Um, you know, you, you ask me right now, I'd be like, uh, <laughs> uh, I am, uh, you know, I am, I am, who am I? I, I am, am I, who am I? Like, she's, she, I love her voice. Um, the, and it's hard for me to pull that kind of like off the, uh, off the top of my head, because again, I spend so much time making music i don 't even have much time to listen to music I've always, i 've always always yeah. wanted to i 've always wanted to collaborate with Robert Smith, knowing that would never happen, <laughs> but I was such a huge cure fan, and his voice is just like I just love his voice um you know and i don 't even know what that would end up being anyway, but you know there there are of course dream collaborations. Um, But a lot of times my collaborations that I end up actually doing just end up happening naturally. It's rare for me to kind of just reach out and be like, hey, I'd love to collab with you. Just kind of a natural thing that happens. And and I don't do it very often either. Hmm. So um, that's probably not a great answer, but okay it's so, at least it's at least an answer yeah i was gonna
0: say the cure are touring the u.s next year so yeah. that's what i
1: saw i mean i love how robert <laughs> says this is it we're never touring again and then you know a year later they're back on the road i'm like yes, yes. great
0: yeah i'm hoping they come down this way in uh in florida so yeah um, they've not announced a date this way yet i know they've done la and new york but um they're releasing the rest of the tour dates soon i believe so great hopefully you know it'll be nice to see them um yeah i d- sure. didn't manage to see them in the uk when i used to live there um my i know my sister did but um she's a bit older than me but um
1: yeah yeah i've I've seen i've seen them in new york i mean i i grew up in new york so i've seen i've been to cure shows in new york but okay. since i mean you know this is probably uh around wish or like you know sometime after disintegration yeah. and then after after really disintegration i kind of I kind of fell out of love with, with where they were heading musically. So Yeah. Um, but it's really to me it's more about the older stuff anyway. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Um so like you briefly touched on it that you don't really have much time to listen to other music or artists. Is is there anything you are listening to at the moment in particular that you can pull out or <laughs> is there a yeah, you know. there's
1: lots and I'm actually uh I'm actually updating a Spotify playlist that people can subscribe to every week. Like if you go to the official Cell Dweller Spotify page, assuming you can get to Spotify, I have a playlist there that I update every Friday. It's called Spotify Friday. Okay. And uh I put tracks in there that I'm listening to every every single week. So, um I'm looking right now cuz I can't remember. Um Oh yeah, I'm trying to actually look at my own Spotify Friday playlist, <laughs> so I can tell you who, you know, this this week I put in a band called Deastro, uh, Stegosaurus Rex, and Motorad. So, so before that it was Killing the Noise, Anthrax, and Phantogram. Nice. And then before that was Richard Devine, Fluke, and The Crystal Method. I usually do three to four tracks a week. So yeah. I have um, – uh, there's 171 little songs in this playlist because I do it every week and I keep adding tracks. So if you're definitely interested in stuff that I like that has inspired me, like I, I really dig the new Refused album. I think that's really cool. Um, going back to bands that I used to listen to, like the New York hardcore scene, bands like the Crumb Suckers, and probably a lot of music that people have never heard of. Um, I dig the new Health album. I think that's really cool. Mm. Um, and you know, I I do have a pitch shifter track in there, yes. ironically, and you know, <laughs> Men Without Hats, Sisters of Mercy, Goldie, <laughs> oh, you know, yeah, I love yeah, Goldie, yeah, I love Goldie as well. Yeah. So, you know, there's there's stuff all the way from my roots all the way up to the stuff that I like now.
0: Awesome, no, I'll, I'll definitely check that out. So, um, yeah, no, you said Goldie, I love not not many people, especially over here, have heard of him. Um, I know he's sort of been in and out of films as well, but his music, yeah, I yep. grew I grew up with that that. Um, underworld, uh, the chemical brothers. um, Yeah.
1: Oh man. Big fan. I love underworld. I love chemical brothers. Absolutely. Yeah. Just all that kind
0: of that UK electronic, like dance music. Um, just, just, yeah, I, I still listen to it now and it's it, it I mean that that brings is back that, memories.
1: Was, <laughs> that was my biggest influence when I got heavily into electronic music. It was really everything coming from the UK. It was drum and bass. Um it was trance and early side trance, which was wasn't hundred percent UK but like definitely like European. Um Israel, there was a lot of uh, side trance coming out of Israel as well, mm. Brazil. But but you know, um man, a lot a lot of my influences and a lot of the sound that I love, the people who I felt were taking the more musical risks Were the people in the UK, the people in Europe, like that? Like, I was like, okay, these people understand that you don't have to have these boundaries. That, you know, I've tried. I I mean, I I was on labels that they try to take me to American radio, and the labels would tell me, and the American, the the radio DJs would say, yeah, um, we'd love to play your music. We love it. But in order to get it on the the airwaves, you need to basically copy like a corn song or a Limp Bizkit song, right? Something that sounds kind of like them. Yeah that'll get you on the radio and i just kind of like laughed and picked up my stuff and walked out of their office i i no thanks that's yeah. not that's not who i am and i not 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 who i'll ever be so yeah
0: no because we definitely we had more of an outlet for the electronic sound over in the uk with with europe as well um having a lot of djs as well helps um into that music because yeah. oh yeah it grew over there there and like um spain ibifa um, France all that that area was just mm-hmm. like it still is now like the place to go for dance music as a whole um, I know the US is now catching up which is nice I uh, got like Miami which seems to be the sort of like yeah electronic mu- music hub for the US at the moment yeah um, a lot of a lot of uh, the, the new acts or new DJs that go through seem to come there I've uh, had a few come through Tampa here um, which is kind of nice to see um but it is still it it's going it, to i think it's going to take a little bit more to break the us um corn almost did it with their dubstep crossover um and a lot of these bands that are now like melding the sounds um i th- i feel they'll do well cuz they're getting a lot of attention you have got bands coming from the uk like enter shikari yeah right um and then we've got like i say we've got a couple of bands here that i've already mentioned um so yeah i mean hopefully now the 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 radio stations will go okay we can now do this and Actually, hear stuff on the.
1: Well, the the beauty is that radio is becoming less and less relevant. I mean, it's cool because they can reach people, but really, the generation that's coming up now, the, I see it with my own two eyes. They, they're, they're finding their own content, and it's passed around word of mouth more than it is discovered on the radio. They're just kind of going, "I like this band. Check this out. Here's a link. Boom, right to a YouTube channel, right to a YouTube track, whatever." So you know i I feel like you know even for us and our sound right now we're we're discovered more because people it's word of mouth people yeah. are hearing it in gaming collages and 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 um and 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 in other videos or you know they're discovering the lyric video or the music video and they're being passed around and so I think radio as a paradigm is becoming less and less relevant um and so, you know, like, we're America's still content playing, like, Nickelback and Nirvana. I mean, <laughs> haven't we been over that for, like, 20 freaking years? Isn't that long enough to play the same boring crap over and over and over and over and mm-hmm. over? I mean, excuse me if I sound bitter, but... No, no, it's all right. Go, keep going. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not really apologizing. I'm just kind of... <laughs> because I, I really don't feel bad about it. I mean, I, I know I'm not the only one that feels this way. It's like, really? We're going to still play this same crap? Yeah. I mean, I guess if it gets you sponsorships and it makes you money, then then cool, but there's a lot of people and the numbers are absolutely growing that really aren't content with that anymore where they're going to go find their own music other places and that's that's going to become the new paradigm that is going to be the and you either grow with the way things are evolving or you get left behind like a lot of the record industry did yeah when the mp3 the advent of the mp3 and iTunes and the digital age and you got these old crooners still kind of going oh yeah you know the way it used to be let's bring back the glory it's like cool that makes you feel better but nothing's going to change, bro. So no, sorry. No, exactly that. You're going to wake up one day and be completely broken without a job if you don't conform. Yeah,
0: even even with like exclusive track plays and stuff, I found that instantly as soon as it's done, it's up online. It's right. like the, yeah. the the clip of the radio show where you got the intro and outro from the whatever radio show it is. It's instantly on YouTube. So it's that kind of like it's moved on from the mentality of recording a a radio show like with just a cassette tape or whatever, passing yeah. it around your friends that, i mean like so I'm, I'm a radio dj but my show it's available across all formats so if someone wants to download it they can download it if they want to stream it they can stream it and it goes yeah, up as that's soon as definitely. it plays it just goes up onto um mix cloud uh mix uh, crate all that kind of stuff and it's just mm-hmm. purely because i'm i mean the stations i'm on are internet radio stations so they're not like they're, they're available right. purely by streaming
1: yep and no. people will find that. People will find that they'll find, and, and then you know that's kind of how I found a lot of like the early psytrance stuff I loved. Is I'd find these like online. Uh, I forgot what it was called. It was like an MP3. Like it was basically like radio. Mm. Um, that you know, it was like radio. Anybody created radio station. I would just go tune in and live stream guys that were basically doing internet radio shows of this kind of music. And that's where I discovered a lot of the stuff that I loved was was through that. Yeah. So radio. As a format, it's commercial radio that just won't conform. But like radio, like people bringing music to the masses, if it's what they like, they're, they're going to find it for sure. And they're going to spread the word. It's just, you know, it's kind of like television. Look at what's going on with TV. Yeah. No, I exactly mean, it's changing. Right. It's yeah. becoming a la carte. You pick what you want versus a big cable company saying, this is what we think you should watch. People are going, well, you know what? I'm not, I don't want to pay for that. I just want to pay for the stuff I want. So people will go find the content they actually want and are moved by. Yes. Yeah. yeah and until like i'd say
0: until cars and cars are having wi-fi in them now so yeah it's getting yep. there to have that content on demand for you so as soon as that's like more viable you know more you know least expensive for people and things like that like instant yeah. has become yep. um and that that will be the death of conventional radio as we know it. i feel so because um, like you said people are picking their own content you got things like apple music spotify um uh a bunch of other sort of like on demand services where you can like you're doing with um spotify you're creating your own playlist for people to listen to yeah you know and people are going to go to that because if they're a fan of you they're going to go to those those sites and they're going to listen to that music yeah and, that, and that's a way of spreading new and potentially old music for new ears you know and that, that's how the kids are going to find out because they're not going to try and tune in a radio to find out,
1: you know. Well, they're only they're only going to hear the same five songs over and over and over that's, and over. It's Miley strange. Cyrus and uh, whatever Taylor Swift or whatever her name is. Yeah. yeah. So, like, I mean, who 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 cares? I mean, it's like that will work, I'm sure for for a while. But yeah, it, I think this is this is this has been the the new way. This is this is where things are heading. Where people are just gonna they're gonna find the content they want, and thank God it levels the playing field because then it puts it puts bands and and musicians like me on the same level the same playing field as 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 an, ar- an artist that's getting millions of dollars from their record label and promotion and tour support and everything else which we don't have you know yeah, what i mean yeah, so yeah. um and you know however it pans out it pans out but i mean the people are going to decide yeah the big the, the big wigs aren't going to decide for the masses the masses are going to decide for the pe- for the, for, the, for the for the for the small collective yeah
0: and I'm I'm hoping new bands realise what you just said as well that that this is putting them on a level playing field with those other artists that are making you know their money from it, but it's giving them that chance. Whereas a lot of people are they're still we're in that transition phase where uh-huh. you know they they lament the fact that people are downloading stuff you know for free or not you know and you know, people who lament the audio quality of an mp3 but at the same time if a band realizes that the fact they're on the same playing field as as whatever you know say metallica release next taylor swift release next whatever genre they are that they do have that chance still there may not be that instant you know getting a record label the old style way right but if like you know like yourselves you monetize what your content um so if you are in it as a business um, or you know to make money, make a future for it. Um, then you've got to educate yourselves in the way of you know monetizing. Say YouTube, it's relatively straightforward. Yep. You know, you just turn the account on to monetize, and then every stream you get, you know, it's a fraction of a penny, but it's better. It, a, it
1: adds up, and it's a little from here and a little from there. But this is that that is the that's the new way. I mean, this yeah. is the, this is really how my how how Fix was built. The whole label was built on that on that idea. It's like stream from here, stream. I mean. It, it, the, the income does not come from one place like it used to. It's mm-hmm. it's it's an amalgamation of many different places, including YouTube, including Spotify, including Apple Music. It's 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 all of that plus merchandise, plus touring, whatever it is. It all adds up in film and TV uh, licensing, video game licensing. It's yeah. all of that stuff added up, and that's how you you know it, the ultimate objective here is to be to be an artist, like do what you want to do. And make a living. And that's really, you know, Brett is the Brett Blue is is the shining flagship example of that, where he was working a day job, but he really wanted to make music. And I was like, this kid is talented. He and I basically took him out to lunch one day while he was here, trying to do his thing, Mm -hmm. and then hustling coffee to make just make enough money to pay his bills. And I took him out to lunch and I was I said, You are quitting your job. I'm gonna start advancing you money so that you can just do nothing but write music until you can make enough money on your own. That you're flying on your own, and that's exactly how it happened. And, you know, I, th- I mean, he, he'll tell you that it probably brought him to almost tears because it was like the idea. There's a lot of people out there that have a dream to do this, but the idea of how to pull it off and the idea that they can actually do this full time and this be their living is is really foreign. It's it's very difficult to make money yeah. um, making music. It's it's it's. There's a lot of noise. There's a lot of people. Like, great, so we have the internet you can you can release a track tomorrow. You know, just make it tonight and that's out tomorrow, but if nobody knows who you are, you, not one person is going to download it. So that's only half the battle is getting the music out there. It's then yeah. promotion and everything else. So, you know, the idea that you can turn um your dream of making music full-time and being an artist full-time into a reality uh is, you know, it's 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 definitely work and you have to use all the tools available to you, including Spotify and YouTube and yeah. Apple Music and everything else. I mean, that's just part of the game. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and it's all avenues of, of, of you know, exposure. So Yeah, you, know, you have to embrace it, otherwise you'll get left behind, I feel. Um, yeah. for a lot of them you'll be just catching up for the rest of the time. Um if you look at some of obviously the, the YouTube like video makers, they're always releasing content. If you're regular with your content, the more people that are gonna tune in. Yeah. You know sure. So like yourself you've been you released your Age of, um, End of an Empire, sorry, um in four chapters as you were finishing them. You know, and it keeps that content running you know it was every two three every, months,
1: every three months every so on three months, yep. Yep. yeah,
0: so, and you kept it regular now you've got the full album out, and that's the fruition of all that work, correct, and, and then okay. you just keep going after that, you let the promotion run for this for a bit, and then you go for the next one, like you said, you've got uh, was it um a movie score coming out mm-hmm. um, you're doing killer instinct three as well, um which i, I love that game <laughs> it's yeah, a cool. good, game. so um yeah, you just gotta keep going, people have got like you know. I know studio time for a lot of people is still costing them, but just educate yourself on on some of the recording processes. You know, there's there's plenty of free audio recording services. May not be you know great, but they're a great place to start. Yeah. And oh then, yeah. And then you go from there. It's just it, it's just that education. Why you and, can? And, and
1: There's YouTube. I mean, you yeah. can. I, when I was when I learned when I learned production. Or learned how I could even produce. I, I a, didn't have much gear at all. I had a four track and a sampler um, and a Mac classic, which had two megabytes of RAM or, or, or one megabyte of RAM and a 40 megabyte hard drive. I mean, that was the technology <laughs> back then. So yeah. it, it doesn't matter. But I didn't have much gear and I did not have YouTube. In fact, I didn't even have the internet. That didn't exist. So not, not to the masses, it didn't. So there was no way for me to watch a tutorial on how to compress a kick drum. I didn't even know what a compressor was. My first three albums, I didn't even know what a compressor was. I got my vocals loud enough in the mix and to stay there by distorting them. That's the only way I knew how to get them loud and proud and stay in the mix. So, you know, if you're listening and you are a young producer or even an experienced producer, but you want to take it to the next level. I mean, you've got tutorials out the wazoo and if you want something badly enough, you will spend the time to ingest that information and then try to apply it. Go get a program and try, try producing. I mean, the only way you're going to get better is by making bad, bad things and making a mistake and improving on them. And you will over time.
0: There's no question. And there's plenty of forums and things still out there that people will help you, you know, you put the track up and they'll say, well, this needs this, this needs this. And you go away. that that's partly how I did it I learned a bit in college uh some very old music technology with um it was back in the age of the Atari Falcon so it's very primitive um like recording wise digitally um and I've kind of progressed from there I now have my you know MacBook Pro which we're using at the moment Ableton Logic right um all that kind of stuff and you know I've learned as I went along you know as these things evolved I just you know picked up from where before and I've taken a bit of a break from making music for now. Um, just sort of concentrating on other things. You know, I, I DJ my radio show cause, um, that you know, keeps me, keeps me sane. If you, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, cause it's a, it's a live mix every week. I do it like a, an hour long mix of cool. like, like proper club mix kind of thing of all these tracks. Um, and that just kind of keeps me leveled at the moment. Cause I was in a band for 10 years or so in the UK And we toured UK, Europe, all that kind of stuff, released like three albums and all that thing. Mm -hmm. So I was used to that life of creating, touring, and then we kind of slowed down. I was still DJing in the UK, I had like residencies and stuff, but then I moved here and that kind of stopped.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's not, it's, it's like, it takes work, man. It's like, you you have to either keep doing it or it just goes away.
0: Yeah. But I had to establish myself here, like work-wise and things. So I was bringing in an income, looking after my kids. all kinds of stuff but i'm gonna get back to it i think um probably early next year Uh, cool just sort of get back into making music rather than just sort of listening and you know the dj side of things sure Um, because i've got that kind of itch for it again which is nice because it kind of went away so um yeah i'm gonna try and do that so (laughs) right cool so um i've i've seen pictures of your studio um i always tend to ask most artists this um And your studio looks huge, so I'm just going to ask you what your favorite piece of gear is in there, uh, rather than what you actually have, because you look like you have quite a lot. So, what's your favorite piece of gear that you use to create music?
1: That is another question, like, what's your favorite song, what's your favorite movie? it's it's, There's so many, everything does something different, so it's so difficult to say. yeah, it really depends on what I'm doing that will we'll dictate mm-hmm. like what – it's hard for me to say. I mean there's so many cool – there's so many cool things. I, I will say this, that um, if you see – if you dig up, uh, which would be very easy to do, dig up pictures or video of my studio, just search Cell Dweller Studio and you'll find it. Um, I have a lot of analog and uh, modular synthesizers and an Empire in general – as a general rule, I went into this and said, I- I'm I'm going to shy away from soft synths and I'm going to use hardware. I'm going to use hardware synths. So a lot, probably 75% of the sound design on the album that's synthesizer or electronic in nature has been, and, and a lot of the organic stuff as well, um, has been processed through all of this analog gear. So this was the first album I can say definitively that was made um, completely differently in the sense that I was processing everything through analog means. So, you know, uh, Down to Earth, which is one of the songs on the album that's 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 out uh, or will be out November 6th, uh, it was already out on the chapters. Like the whole intro is this fuzzy kind of bass thing, and that's exactly what it is. It's a live bass run through my modular rig in real time. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's there's elements of that like that all over the record where – some of it is synth, synthetic things that sound a little more organic after they're done being processed and things that are start organic and end up sounding synthetic by the time they're done. And that's something I've always done in my career and I've always loved is having people ask me, was that a real instrument or is that a synth? And it's like, I don't know. What does it sound like? It, does, it doesn't matter. Is it cool? Hopefully it's cool. That's, that's really all that matters. Absolutely. So, yeah, uh, it's it's hard to say what a favorite piece of gear is, but but I definitely would say for the making of End of an Empire specifically, the analog sense, my modular sense, that was the biggest change in the process of making the album.
0: Nice, nice. Yeah, it's definitely got a different sound to it. Um, sounds a lot, what's the word, like, fuller in the sounds. Just that, Okay. Because that analog, uh, I always find the analog over the digital Um. I can usually, I can usually tell just, just by the way it feels. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there was a definite change, uh, in some of the sounds that I've heard. So that's really cool to know that it was an analog, predom- yeah. you know, predominantly an analog album, which is really it, cool. It, it,
1: yep. Absolutely was. Cool. So, um,
0: okay. Finally, uh, what are your hobbies away from music? What do you do to unwind? What do you do to get away from the noises um, in
1: the studio? <laughs> I kind I kind of never do, and that's the the thing about loving what you do for a living is I'm I'm not even working a job. I don't even look at what I do as a job because I love what I do. But you know I do have to take a break once in a while to sleep, which you know I don't do much of, but I try. (laughs) Um, But you know watching movies, which really a lot of times is just an extension of what I do because I'm generally analyzing the score or I'm listening to the sound design or I'm thinking about script ideas or um, you know kind of story ideas. Um, But you know I'll do that every once in a while, kind of take a break. Um, i 'd love to say that I go mountain climbing climbing and paragliding, and but I really just don 't take much time at all. I mean, I will easily go a week without really venturing out of the studio like i barely I barely leave this room um, because this is where I love to be the most so um, i don 't really take a lot of times i don 't take deliberate vacations haven't in many many years. Um, unless I, unless I was conned into taking one, it was never really, uh, I'm not, I'm not the guy that goes once a year, I'm going to stop and take a week off and go hang out on a beach. That's just totally not me. I would love to, I would just stay here and, and, and create. So I don't have many, um, many other hobbies, uh, outside of if, 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 if I look at doing something outside of music, it's, it's. Just pulling up a patch on my modular synth that I don't have to do. Like I'm not making it for any reason. I'm just doing it because it's fun. Yeah. I'll only do that in lieu of watching a TV show or something where people wind down and, you know, sit on the couch and watch a TV show. I'll wind down by throwing a patch up and just making a cool sound. And sometimes I'll record them, and other times I'll just go eh, and I'll just shut the lights off and and leave. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's it. It's it's okay. a pretty boring it's a pretty boring life really when you think about if you compare your life to people doing you know, going on great adventures and seeing the world, it's like I am very content being right here creating. And and I would guess most of my fans are because the more I can give them, probably the more happy they are. So
0: Yeah, you never know. I mean they could those people that go out adventuring could be listening to you while they're doing it. So that's, that's very that's very yeah. I'd love
1: to be the soundtrack for their adventure. Yeah,
0: exactly. So that's, that's really cool. I mean, I know a lot of uh, musicians that are like that. So, you know, it's quite a, quite a, you know, say like a normal thing for a lot of people who are passionate about doing something like this. And like you say, you don't see it as a job. You just, right. you're just enjoying what you're doing, which is, which is w- what it should be, you know, in life. That's what, that's what work should be. It should be something you're passionate
1: about, something that you,
0: you believe and enjoy doing. You know, yeah, so. I can't help
1: it, and this is what I this is what I was built to do. So that's what I'm doing.
0: That's awesome. Well, thank you, Clayton. Um, it's been great. Um, good luck with the new album. Thank you. Um, thank you for your time as well, because um, I know I'm taking away from your studio time right now. So that's all right.
1: <laughs> um, but yeah, Thanks good for luck. The word out there. Sorry. Thanks for getting the word out there. Yeah,
0: no problem at all. You keep making that music, I will keep playing it. So um, Sounds great, man. So yeah, check out um, celldweller.com. Is that a good place for everyone to go? Sure. Just to check out. You've got all your social media links there and everything. Yes. Uh, sound links, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Cool. Well, thank you again, Clayton. And uh, you have a good rest of your day.
1: Yep. You too. Thanks for having me. Thank you, man. See you. Bye-bye.
0: <laughs> and there we have it. We are at the end of another podcast. I'll have a couple coming up soon, just lining up some interviews. So there might be a couple of weeks in between, but I hope you don't mind. But thank you to all my new followers, um, new subscribers, and new listeners. We hit a record high over the past couple of podcasts, and um, it's looking good. Um, I could do with a few more reviews and some rating if any of you are still listening at this point. Um, Just, you know, they haven't switched off yet since after hearing the interview and this post bit here. But yeah, if you can go onto iTunes, search the DJ Force X podcast, leave us a review you know, one star, five stars, a couple of words as well of encouragement or constructive, uh, constructive, whatever you want, <laughs> criticism, if you will. Um, but yeah, no, I just rate and review, rate and review, good, bad, ugly. I don't care. Uh, I just want to see that people are listening. It's a, it's a good way of proving that people are listening apart from the statistics I get. Um, cause I said, there's quite a few of you, so hopefully um, we can get some of you to just just type in a couple of kind words, hit the stars. Uh, you can do the same on Stitcher as well, because uh, that helps out any um, Android users, like or indicate any Android users, my end. Because iTunes is generally iOS, so you can get it on your PC, you can get it on your laptops. But uh, when it comes to the phones, when people are out and about, it's usually just the iPhone on that front. But um, yeah, if you can if you can just hit up reviews, that'd be awesome. Uh, I'd really appreciate it. And uh, I'm gonna keep an eye on it and I might even give you a shout out. You know, good, bad. I might even read them out to you. Um, give you a little bit of a, a bit of a, a bit of a response on there. But yeah, anyway. Um, yeah, thank you for tuning in. Uh, don't forget to check out my radio shows on Tuesdays and Saturdays. Uh, I also have them uh, uploaded to MixCloud. That's mixcloud.com forward slash DJ Force X. Uh, if you go to my social media feeds, I'm on Twitter, at DJForceX. I'm on Facebook, slash DJ Force X. Uh It's a pretty unique name on that front, so most of my social media and web presence is uh, pretty obvious. So, yeah, check it out. DJForceX.com has links to everything that's just about to get updated as well, because I've got some fantastic new artwork from Stu Phillips, who I will be having on uh, on the show soon. Uh, and his, um, his, uh, artistic page, uh, the Kikowa. Um, yeah, he did me some uh, artwork for my radio show. So go check it out. Uh, hit him up with a like on Facebook as well. That'd be fantastic. But I'll be having him on the show soon just to discuss, you know, artwork. Cause he does a lot of like, um, drawing events in the UK. Uh, he's also going into the, uh, convention scene as well, which would be fantastic. But I've also got a couple of bands coming up as well. Uh, i won 't name names just yet because they 're not one hundred percent in the can, but uh, we 'll get them done. I hope you enjoyed Cell Dweller. I hope you enjoyed the past couple of ones. Um, I know I did uh, it 's been a really good run of shows recently, so i um, just getting into the regularity of it and hopefully it'll keep going. but I need your support i 'm not looking i 'm not going to be looking to sell anything. Um, it may get monetized at some point, but i don 't want to push it down your throat, but all I want at the moment is just to get recognition. For these artists that i 'm featuring, because i 'm going to be featuring artists that very few people have heard of to ones that hundreds of thousands of people have heard of, um, if not millions in some case i'm I'm aiming for that kind of that kind of uh, area of the world, but you know I want to help these bands out any little way i can i've been in their position i've been in that in that area of of people wanting people to support us um, I want to do the same with this. And I want to give the bands the exposure they deserve. They go through it. They do a lot of work uh, into the art they, they, they create and perform. And I want that to get recognized. Um, and with a lot of these artists, it's being recognized. But I just want to get them that little bit further, give them that little helping hand, Want you know, just, just to help them out. Because like I said, it's going to be some weeks. It's going to be bands that a lot of people know. Other weeks, it's going to be new bands or bands that... Um, you know not a lot of people outside their sort of like area their local area if you will uh know about them but given that exposure of someone from you know i've got i got listeners obviously in the uk because that's where i'm from i know some people my friends are there listening and everything um i've got new friends here that are listening as well in in, in the us and you know if they tell friends they tell friends about it they tell friend they pass on you know the band names that's awesome that's what i want that's what i want to happen i want i want to i want to support these artists in what they do and if you know anyone anyone listening want to come on this show drop me an email info at djforcex.com easy as that drop me an email say you're interested and we can sort out a time i've got a schedule open with various times and dates and we can do it by skype like most of these are all done by skype if you're local to me we can try and sort out some kind of face-to-face um but, yeah, just just drop me an email. let me know what you do what you're what, you know what you do <laughs> to put it to put it easy enough um, yeah and we'll we'll be in touch and we'll sort something out but yeah i've got i 've got a couple of bands coming up, some new bands, some bands have been around for a while um, and i've got some artists as well, and i'm looking to get some um you know just performers stand up comedians, you know people who used to work in the industry just to get their perspective on how things are going, and where they see things, and what they're doing now, and just things like that. Just trying to get that, you know, get that exposure to them if they want it, or just have an interesting conversation where maybe someone listening could learn, you know, a little bit more about the industry, or even, you know, not just the music industry, but the gaming industry, the, the the you know, the performing sort of performing arts, and things like that. Because I've got plenty of background in various roles in in from from performing in a band to acting to um setting up a stage show to the lighting the sound all that kind of stuff my background is is i've been on tv you know (laughs) as a kid i was on some of the biggest tv shows in england and and i've been in like films extras in films and things like that so i have that experience and i have that exposure to that area of the world where i want to pass on if i can be helpful to anyone give advice to anyone you know um, just getting people to talk. I love people that talk if they want to talk like Cell Dweller, just, you know, he drove that conversation. I had, I had questions, I had ideas about how I wanted it to go. And it went beyond that. Same with Brett blue Starley, same with, um, black lodge, um, and, uh, rich ward as well. Just to name a few that I've interviewed those interviews. I had like just bullet points and it just went off in a totally different direction you know i brought it back in occasionally to my sort of track to to get the bits of the points of view that i wanted you know you know the bits that i thought might help but i just want people who can talk who 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 love to talk and i know i've been rambling on and i'm gonna let you go now with just with one other thing go to djforcex.com click on the links go listen to my radio shows there's over a hundred of them on mixcloud Download previous episodes of the uh, of the podcast. There's now, what are we on? Episode 18 now. So there's 17 others, including like Andrew WK, the guys from Seething Akira, Cypher 16, who've just released a new album. You know, amazing artists, working hard, producing fantastic sounds the way they do. And I just want to give them exposure. So go back, listen to a few, listen to them all. Some of them aren't as long as that you know some are 20 minutes long some are like an hour and 20 minutes long so you know stick them in your phone when you go out on a road trip you know it breaks up the music just have someone chatting for a little while you know stuff like that anyway 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 i told you i was gonna let you go so i'm i'm just rambling now and i'm gonna let you go so till next time this is dj force x out